welcome everyone to the Priestess Mercury podcast on February 2nd, 2021. It is in bulk today, which is the Earth Sabbath, the Earth Day of the pregnancy, the metaphorical pregnancy, when we can first notice spring deep within as a seed new beginnings. It's a great time to set intentions. It's kind of like the true new year, really, in a way. Good time to set intentions. It's Groundhog. I don't know if it's actually Groundhog Day, but they're around the same time. And I am lighting Palo Santo for our invocation to start on this in bulk, heavy, heavy Aquarius time. So I'm calling upon the north, the east, the south, the west, earth, air, fire, and water, all of the planets in our galaxy, bringing them forth, bringing forth the Aquarian energy, bringing forth all of our higher selves, angels, ancestors, allies, bringing forth the pre priestess Mercury vibe to channel through Matt and I for this hour. May we be grounded with open hearts, awake souls, and innovating minds. So mode it be. So mode it be. And, uh, you know, we're going to jump right into what's going on right now. There is a lot going on in the sign of Aquarius. And so today we're going to unpack uh, a bit more about the archetype of Aquarius uh, and kind of what all of this means. So, you know, if you're following along, it's helpful to uh, take a look at your chart to see what's in not only Aquarius, but what do you have in any of the fixed signs? So Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, uh, and Scorpio, because those are all going to be heavily impacted by what's happening now. It's also, you know, the uh, kids born uh, during this period are going to have a loaded, uh, what we would call a stellium uh, of planets in Aquarius and, and a very powerful one too, because it's all of the inner planets. And we, here we're talking about the visible ones. So uh, the, except for Mars, uh, are all there in Aquarius, and most of them are squaring Mars. So everything is, is connected right now. Um, and mm -hmm. it's a kind of a really kind of important time. Uh, so uh, we want to kind of dig in a little bit uh, and touch base with uh, Aquarius. Aquarius is uh, an air sign. Uh, as we've mentioned before. So it has a lot to do with mental properties, uh, you know, how we think, uh, how we uh, uh, operate within the mind, uh, how we communicate uh, often comes through uh, Aquarius, Gemini, Libra. Um, there's a lot of uh, uh, shifting of uh, boundaries that happen within air signs. Uh, Aquarius, uh, in terms of the image of Aquarius uh, in the zodiac, it's one of the human signs. Uh, it is the water bearer. 
So we, we get this image of transmuting the energy of water and bringing it into the kind of earthen vessel of the cup uh, and into the human body. Um, and so there, there is this kind of in-betweenness about uh, Aquarius that involves some uh, involves the transmutation of the emotions uh, into uh, the physical form. Uh, and I'm just stop you right there because that's a really loaded sentence. Yeah. The transmutation yeah. of emotion into human form. What the hell? You know, what's that? And, and Aquarius is super complicated. Like, and again, going kind of going back through what you shared, you know, we have the Gemini, Libra, Aquarius as the three air signs, which it's kind of like Gemini's the lower mind, the right here, right now, five senses mind. The Libra is this diplomat mind. Uh, seeing all sides, both perspectives, bringing diplomacy and fairness, juggling, juggling duality in the mind, mm -hmm. and then Aquarius being this higher mind that comes from the stars, that comes from out there, right? It's like Aquarius is out here. So when, you know, out here, and then when you say transmuting emotion through the body, isn't, it kind of feels like the thoughts transmute emotion through the body. Yeah. There's a negotiation between the, uh, between the, the mental part of the body and the thinking process and the emotional process. And there's an interaction and a translation that, that is happening that helps us to, uh, yeah. connect with and engage with. And in some ways, uh, I want to unpack that too, because that's yeah. such a conceptual sentence. That's like, what the hell does that mean? So like if transmutation is turning one thing into another, right? Mm -hmm. Is it transmutation when you turn like ice into vapor? Is that transmutation or like water and ice? Is that yeah. transmutation, transformation, uh, they're very similar type of concepts. But isn't trans is transformation a little bit more one thing completely into another thing? Right. It trans changes all of its properties, but it's still the same essence. I thought that was transmutation, where transformation is one thing turning into another completely. Like, like, uh, shit into gold alchemy right you're taking poop right and you're turning it into a piece of gold would be transformation but transmutation i could be totally off about this is well, more like ice or water turning into steam or something like that well to mutate is to uh change the properties of it uh, yeah. uh but also when Beyond we're talking about changing trans. form too they're very similar uh, types of actions. Uh, yeah, we don't have to get. I'm I'm in the minutia of it, so let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> so they're similar. So it's turning one form into another, and then so if Aquarius in its archetypal essence is that mm -hmm. transmuter. Yes. And it is, and it does feel to me like Aquarius, because 
so many people think Aquarius is a water sign because the water bearer is the symbol of it. Mm -hmm. And yet it is, it's like something in between, right? It's like when, as water becomes air or emotion turns to thought. Yeah. I mean, it's a complex image um, because it's not, it, the stream is there and you can think of that as like the Piscean stream uh, since Pisces is right next to Aquarius. Um, and it's, you know, changing the nature of the water and bringing it in to the body. Is the, in the image, the image isn't drinking the water though. What is the, no, it's scooping the, uh, scooping the water out of the stream with a cup. Mm, like, a like, vessel. You're about, like you're about to drink it. Mm -hmm. But that's it speaks to the nature of both water and air uh, that you're able to it flows into and is becomes the shape of whatever it's in. Right. That's what I was just thinking, like scooping it from the Piscean stream, which is that we're all one and it's all all the collective and the oneness of it all mm -hmm. into the individual, like you're bringing it into your individual self. So it's your individual feelings and thoughts and unique blueprint of who you are that you then bring to the collective in service for the collective. Right. Yeah. And it, it involves a bit of a, a process. Uh, so it's you know, right. The, the process of transmutation that. Yeah. And we can think of, uh, you know, contemporary ideas of technology uh, like how we change an idea from one medium to another. Oh, that's uh, great. That's a great example. Like the internet, how it's changed mm -hmm. our thinking. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why astrologers will associate Aquarius with uh, both the internet and electricity, which, you know, changes form and shape via the conduits that it goes through. Uh, so Aquarius is always about this in-betweenness between spaces, whereas Gemini is a polarity and, and so is Libra to an extent. Like their Aquarius is kind of the moving and the shifting uh, of the thought process. When you say that, I think of, and I just want to just disclaim real quick too, that I love thinking about Aquarius in this present moment as if it's a brand new thing. I think that's in service to Aquarius and how used to concepts we get where you're just blathering it off. Oh, Scorpio, death and rebirth, Taurus. You know, you can start to see these archetypes as, as just concepts. They're not just concepts where you rattle off these adjectives. They are living sentient forces of the living sentient universe. And, and mm -hmm. I love right now in service of the Aquarian sentience of feeling and thinking into Aquarius as if it's for the first time. Right. And as you're talking about Aquarius being this in between, I'm, it feels to me like it's literally the electricity. Yeah. That's going through the, the wire. It's literally the etheric net of the internet. And when mm -hmm. I think of that inside of me or inside of a human, it's almost feels like the aura or the etheric body, the subtle body. If we don't want to get Star Trek on this and have like these again, minutiae and just more kind of <laughs> see that we have like our gross body, our physical body. And then we have the subtle body that mm -hmm. is 
the intermediary between the formless and form. And that this intermediary body, the subtle body is in constantly, like you're saying, translating and interpreting, taking the numinous, taking the formless, taking the abstract of that's really Pisces and beyond and filtering it through into an individual idea into an end and, and that's kind of feels to me like the humanitarian aspect like has Aquarius really is about like everyone's equal we all deserve freedom and sovereignty over our own lives that's a thought feeling that's like mm -hmm. filtering through the numinous the oneness of love and going we all deserve sovereignty over our own lives it's like it's like filtering through what cannot be named but just is into a concept called liberty or freedom right which is such a key word of aquarius but it's not this intellectual version like gemini would make it right there is it's well it's figuring out like how does this lower mind connect with these um with the numinous with the oneness of all of the conch all of consciousness um and it's the interplay that's why aquarius is an activity as much as it is a a, a being or a thing yeah it, it's the, yeah it's a it's a being that is constantly i mean we're all verbs everything alive is a verb not a noun mm -hmm. we gemini turns it into a noun like the logical minds like i'm a person that's a noun but Aquarius is like, yeah, but really you're a verb because nothing stays put. Everything's in constant motion. Right. And Aquarius, you know, comes after Capricorn. And so it reminds us that the structures are there to help the activity of this movement that has to happen, that we become, we need the dynamic of life. Otherwise those structures get stagnant. Yeah. Uh, and devoid toxic. of life. Yeah. Toxic and, patriarchy. And we're kind of in that moment right now where a lot of the structures that we've relied on uh, have grown very um, stagnant, have grown very rigid and not useful. I mean, we can think of the U.S. government in particular has uh, in the past uh, five or six years have, has been talked about as being inert, unable uh, to do anything. It's a, in fact, I think the word was do nothing Congress that uh, went around for quite a while. And when our structures get to that kind of uh, stuckness, uh, then we get, uh, things get swampy. Uh, the emotions, like when you have a stream that gets cut off and just becomes isolated from from the flow of the uh, watershed or whatnot, like it gets uh, overridden with algae and uh, gets murky. There's that uh, yeah, wonderful tarot, tarot card in the um, uh, th the Thoth deck uh, that Crowley and uh, Frida Harris uh, constructed. Uh, I think it's the Seven of Cups, uh, where when you cut off uh, when you cut off uh, yourself from the activity and the flow and get things trapped in the cups, then they get like, everything gets toxic. And so uh, true that, uh, I mean, and I just wanna make a commentary too, like outside of the government, the political, like I get that way 
with tarot and astrology, I, you know, and I can get so stagnant when it all becomes the same thing over and over this fool card Aquarius that, you know, the square mm -hmm. rattling off in this mental plane, these type of things, which is why I always, whenever I've taught tarot, it's always like, look at the image it, with clients. It's always like, look mm -hmm. at the image. It's alive right now. Don't just revert to the meaning, the intellectual meaning of it, the Geminian right. or the Libran meaning of it. Like have that in your back pocket to pull from, but the aliveness is always alive, always changing, always moving with all of the archetypes, be it tarot, astrology, they all get channeled by a human being. That's right. what it was happened. A human being a long, 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 long ass time ago <laughs> channeled a system and we're all capable of channeling that system. And then it can get, if it's not constantly progressing and evolving and changing and moving by us in the present being evolvers, changers and progressors and innovators, then it gets swampy and stuck and stagnant and, and, and trapping. So like that's even just bringing more to life that movement energy of Aquarius being the intermediary and this, this I feel it right now entering me. Like I can feel the aliveness of Aquarius mm -hmm. right now, innovating Aquarius through our talk. Right. Yeah. I mean, it innovates. It's, yeah. That, that's one of the key words for, uh, for Aquarius is that innovation. Uh, it, it finds ways to get out of the stuckness. Um, and so it's an interplay and this is where, you know, I feel like a lot of interpretations of Aquarius can sometimes get stuck in that rote memorization uh, where, and I, I know you've mentioned a few times on here, Michelle, about, um, you know, overplaying the group end of Aquarius, but it's not about the group or the individual. It's about the interplay of the, the group interplay. and the individual. I feel so moved by the interplay right now. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. I, and also what's starting to come alive is, as we're fleshing out the interplay of Aquarius, the electricity, the movement is also Aquarius's ancient ruler of Saturn right. and modern ruler, which is a progression and innovation of that is Uranus and how both of those energies play into Aquarius that there's the Saturnian Aquarius and the Uranian Aquarius. Right. Yeah. And that old Saturnian uh, Aquarius is that point where, we, you know, we've come to the structures, we've come to society, and we have to figure out how to uh, constructively use limitation on ourself and our self-expression to be able to join into the group patterns and everything. And then the Uranian element uh, is uh, is kind of out of that Promethean myth of giving the fire of consciousness and the liberation to uh, to groups and to individuals as well. And so you get the uh, they both complement each other. I want to again interrupt and stop at the Promethean myth because I love that image of Uranian Aquarius being the invention of fire. Right. And how that is the, that's such a wonderful metaphor, such a wonderful living symbol of the moment Aquarius 
as Uranus enters, because it is like that. Mm -hmm. It's all of the sun, like all of a sudden there was some human there that just got the idea to rub sticks, right? Aquarius <laughs> enters your brain. That's how Aquarius enters your brain. It enters mm -hmm. your brain with a sudden idea, a sudden new difference, all of a sudden, like a lightning strike. And then innovation comes. And I love that innovation of fire. And then, you know, psychologically, it could be suddenly you feel different about yourself or about relationships or your work or your spirituality. Like you, it's mm -hmm. like getting a sudden upgrade, a sudden um, revamp. And that's the Uranus part. Yeah. And, you know, as a, um, a poet and teacher of poets for years, uh, one of the things that you learn is that, uh, uh, or you hear over and over again, I know I heard it from students quite a bit, is that, well, I just wasn't feeling inspired. Um, and so there's that fire element, and they're like wanting the fire, but they're not engaging, they don't want to engage the mind at all. Um, and so it gets, uh, they're just waiting around for it. But fire needs air. Uh, if we think about the properties of fire, if you don't have any oxygen, the, uh, the fire will die out and disappear. So we need the mind to create, to engage an awareness in order for us to light that kind of Rainy flame fire. and desire and all that kind of stuff. When you say that, I think we need Saturnian Aquarius to ignite Uranian Aquarius that yeah. Aquarius with Saturn as the ruler is the discipline of the mind. You know, where Saturn rules Capricorn is the discipline of the routine and the discipline of the body, the earth discipline. Saturn ruling Aquarius is the discipline of the mind that if we're going to use the creative example, that even when you're not inspired, you're still sitting down and saying, I'm going to write for this hour every day. And when mm -hmm. you create that mental discipline or a meditation practice you know every day i'm going to meditate at this time and when you set the the mental discipline it calls to the uranian aquarius it opens you for that sudden inspiration for the muse essentially like uranus is kind of the muse right it's when can, we can be can yeah be. when we engage the mind as an active thing uh, and try to, you know, just sit there with it and let it do its thing a little bit. Uh, and that's where that discipline comes in because we want it to, we want it to do it without us. Sometimes we want the, we want to have that uh, flash in the pan. We want it all easy breezy without Saturn ever having to touch our lips or hands, but we need Saturn. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It's almost like that reminds me of that phrase. You got to meet the universe halfway. Mm -hmm. You know, the discipline calls to the magic. Right. And, uh, and you know, I've, I've gotten this question a lot from people uh, about astrology in particular. And they're always like, uh, why does it work? Uh, or why should it work? And I, and I know it irritates people when I come back and I'm like, you, you have to activate it. Um, it, it doesn't make logical sense. Right. Uh, it's not in the realm of logic. It's not in the Gemini realm. Right. It uh, is something that is beyond logic. Yeah. Cause if you keep it in that like Gemini realm where it's a classification system, what you get is, and I see it a lot on, uh, 
uh, Twitter in particular these days and, and Instagram too, uh, where people uh, start stereotyping each other using their sun signs. And yeah, uh, things become flat and again, swampy, mucky, or it just doesn't make sense. I mean, if you use critical thinking and logic on astrology, it doesn't make sense. It's not in that realm. Right. Because and, it's, yeah, it's a way of thinking four or more dimensionally, uh, right. not just with three-dimensional science. Exactly. Uh, this is about the, the dimensions beyond the five senses, beyond the third dimension, going into the fourth, fifth, sixth dimensions, and the mm -hmm. subtle body. And again, electricity. You know, nobody would have invented electricity without an open mind. And like mm -hmm. it's like Aquarius again is that opening of the mind that there's more than what we can detect with the five senses and obviously you don't reject the five senses you just move beyond it you allow the muse to come and bring innovation and also bring a spiritual awareness you know and that's also the Uranus is like allowing your mind to connect to the spiritual you know, not just the devotion of Pisces, not just the, right. the structure of Capricorn. And it, it's like when the Aquarius connects to the spirituality, you can actually communicate with the sentience of the universe, the gods, mm -hmm. the goddesses, the archetypes, the angels, the ancestors, the allies, like you can, you, you, it's like the electricity that goes from a wire into the outlet to turn the lamp on you also can, there's that electricity between you and these other beings and these other dimensional life forms and energies that we can connect with, which is very, I mean, it's almost like all of the occult arts are Aquarian in nature because they're channeled. And as we both, I mean, Matt and I both channel and, you know, it's a natural human gift of Aquarius to channel where we become the translators of these other realms and dimensions. Right. And, you know, when I was in the academy, uh, one of the things I, I was in an interdisciplinary program uh, and one of the uh, one of the fields that I was heavily interested in was the history of science or the philosophy of science. Um, and one of the things I loved about it was that when you uh, actually uh, don't just take science as a given, uh, but you take it as a process, uh, you realize that a lot of the things that we know about the universe come to us through these uh, this engagement of the intuition and the, this these humans coming to this scientific method uh, and being allowing the mind to be flexible enough to shift and change. Otherwise, we wouldn't know about things like oxygen or electricity. Yeah, the science is uranianly inspired as well. You know, and so whether whether the higher mind and the other dimensions are coming through in service to science or in service to spirituality or the evolution of these other realms of the psyche in mm -hmm. these other realms, both are Uranian, you know, and both require this Saturnian discipline. You know, yeah. the scientific method being the Saturnian discipline for science. And I, I know for myself, and I mean, I kind of feel very firm, Saturnian firm about this, that to channel and to connect and contact these other dimensions, you've got to have a really good discipline of like clearing your energy and learning who mm -hmm. you're communicating with. I mean, it's just as much a method there 
that opens you to channel correctly. I know right. in my past I've channeled, I have been fooled and um, that my own energy affects what, how I'm channeling or connecting. And, and that's spiritually, but also the same with the muse creatively. Right. That depending on your energy, depending on your disciplines, it's going to affect what comes out creatively, but that whatever is coming through the Uranus is science, is poetry, is fiction, is spiritual knowledge. It's all of the, it's all of the higher mind stuff, or I don't want to say higher and lower, but all of the inventive, creative, spiritual mind stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it requires Wanda, you have to have a disciplined practice of the mind as much as you do of the spirit, like we were talking about with the Neptune uh, alignment, that yeah. you have to come to this. Otherwise, you're, you're going to wind up just being torn, uh, tossed around by your ego and by, uh, you know, as uh, the Jungians might say, you know, your complexes that you've inherited from uh, your your parents and your ancestors and whatnot, uh, you'll yeah. get kind of run around uh, in a game of chasing your own tail a little bit. Uh, so you need a practice that uh, disciplines the mind so that you can back off of uh, your identifying, fixed over identifying because mm -hmm. that's what the ego does. It over identifies with the information like getting all feeling super important because you're channeling the Pleiadians or yeah, whatever, all that stuff. I don't want to invest too much there. I feel like this is a good segue to look at the shadow of Aquarius though, because we're right. dipping into the dangers and that the shadow of Aquarius, you know, is when the ego is pushing stuff away or whatever. I definitely feel the Aquarian uh, Mercury retrograde right now because I feel like I just, I just yeah. want to, I just want to call things stuff. I just want to like, you know, and stuff. I don't want to like detail it out. I feel very mentally lazy. Yeah. And well, and since Mercury just went retrograde the other day in Aquarius, uh, it's probably yeah. a good kind of segue to talk about what happens when uh, the planet's get as close as they can to earth um, and that's what's happening right now mercury's as close as it gets to earth in its orbit uh, and so it looks like mercury if we're looking at it against the backdrop of the stars it looks like mercury's stopped and going backwards uh, and so we get this uh kind of distortion of our own experience where we're we're kind of uh things just stop working a little bit are are the geminian kind of mind the lower mind it's hard to like trust that uh you know the uh the concepts that we're using are uh, right or wrong uh because they seem to uh slip into paradox a lot or you know this is where we get like people blaming technology during mercury retrograde that things i feel like everything you're like saying that. right now is doing what you're saying like i'm like listening to you and i'm like what are you saying i feel like what you just shared is so intellectually complex that i don't even know what you're talking about which to me is exactly what you're talking about 
right you know? it's like meta it's like you're sitting here talking about this concept the way concepts can get all wonky and uh you can lose your way within these concepts and as you're sharing that i'm getting totally lost in the concept of the retrograde what a retrograde is even though i i know what a retrograde is which is what the retrograde is when it's in aquarius because it it can take something that you've you're so familiar with like a retrograde and make it mm -hmm. be like what's a retrograde what is what is what's happening like these things that you seem so clear on in your mind suddenly seem very muddled yeah well it's like when you you're uh well in the car if you're driving a car uh and the distortion of the mirror when you're look looking in your rear view mirror i mean they put those warnings on on the mirrors because uh, people can misjudge how far things are away from them and how fast things are moving. Uh, and I feel like that that's kind of what's happening in Mercury retrograde. We get the, and, and other retrogrades where we get uh, our relationship to things are get distorted by how close we are to them. Uh, yeah, so, and like in uh, just as you're, again, as you're sharing that, it's like the distortion of an, a retrograde in Aquarius because of being so caught up in your own individual perception. That's what's coming through for me. And I even mm -hmm. feel it right now with us. Like I can feel you being in your personal distortion because retrogrades going inward. It's, it's, right. and, and Aquarius is the mind. So if, if we, and it's that higher intermediate, intermediary mind. So if, if, if it's going inward, it's kind of like, feels like everyone's going into their own crazy bubble, their own mental crazy. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and that is all of the distortion that's created from that, even though, and I just want to like, let that out and say, even though we're supposed to use the retrogrades to reflect, restore, reevaluate, like, oh, let me look back and think how my mind fucked with me or helped me or was in service to others or was self-centered, you know, it's like a time to reflect upon your own mind and see, and just take a look there. I, and that would be what we always say, like the, the rattle off what a retrograde is. And yet what it feels like in this moment is a bunch of distortion from yeah. everyone going into their own mental bubbles. Right. Yeah, it's like I'm always questioning my own memory a lot of the time during the retrograde periods. Like I remembered things differently or I, you know, I swore I did, you know, check that, that box. And that's a great thing to bring up because, you know, it's, you know, like memory is subjective 100 mm percent -hmm. for all of our brains. I mean, this is what's so crazy is that all of our brains are subjective. Mm -hmm. This is why science tries so rigidly to have its scientific method to make it as objective as possible, right. which it can only do so much of because we can't escape the, the very nature of our brains being subjective, of memory being subjective. You know, it's like crazy to think that way in that, and I trip on this sometimes, how it's kind of, and this touches on the shadow of Aquarius, the loneliness, the shadow 
um, that because we can't really share our right our thought but our our minds they're so each one is its own fingerprint kaleidoscope of karma and feelings and constantly moving and changing and remembering totally different and we can't give that to anybody else it's all our own you know and of course mm -hmm. pisces will come in to be like let go of the mind and we find that connection and oneness in more of our heart or more of our soul level but just when you think about the mind it's like we're all we have lonely minds mm -hmm. very lonely minds yeah well it's that that process we were talking about before about our Aquarius and that transformation that has to happen and to get from one person to another and to be able to communicate takes, I mean, takes a lot more than we really think it does. We take it for granted that, you know, we think we're talking and that that is what the other person is hearing, but that's, there's more going on. Who knows what they're hearing? Yeah. yeah. Who knows what they're hearing? That's the insanity of it. And I just, <clears throat> I feel like taking this moment just to recognize that, to recognize the insanity, the loneliness, the ridiculousness, the absurdity. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, there's such an element of absurdity. Yeah. In the Aquarius energy in recognizing that we're all each in our own little absurd universe in our minds and that's never going anywhere. So then when you see everyone, you know, screaming at each other to like, see it my way or in a family system when siblings fight or in a relationship when there's just a constant or like, on those Aquarian Facebook uh, comment sections or message oh, yeah. boards, <laughs> like bludgeoning. There's just a lot of, um, I mean, again, this goes into more psychology of the nervous system and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But like in a way, Aquarius kind of is the nervous system, like in a way. Well, uh, is it? Well, I mean, it's, I think it's part of like air and uh, Mercury kind of represents a lot of that. So there's a little bit wrapped up in that with with Aquarius, but it it's more about how um, uh, the connections that the nervous system makes. Right. Like I think Aquarius yeah. represents that. That feels right to me. Yeah. Yeah. The, the connecting the brain and the heart, uh, connecting the right. mental and the emotional. Connecting worlds. Mm hmm. And it requires, and, it requires coming to it and being flexible. Yeah. Well, that, that's a great next thing. Cause I was just thinking about, um, when Uranus gets harsh, I know whenever I'm reading a Uranus transit for a client, uh, it comes with a warning, you know, it's like, <laughs> if you, if you don't stay mentally flexible, you will break your toe. You will have the car accident. You will wind up laid up on the couch when you when your mind is rigid uranus will will put you up so right. that you are forced to think differently so but if you stay flexible you don't need to have the thing that puts you up on the couch you don't need the thing that's going to take you out of your routine to force you to think differently make you face your vulnerability right or you can you know you were finding comfort in one place or one thing uh, and you don't have access to that anymore but you can find comfort in something else uh, that's one of the things about aquarius what aquarius can lend to taurus uh energy is that um that aquarius is like adapt change it's Your totally like comfort adapt. somewhere else too 
Yeah. Yeah. It's totally, and, and, you know, Uranus uh, being in the sign of Taurus till 2026 right now, bringing that Aquarian energy to Taurus, which is just so crazy to mm -hmm. bring the Uranian conductor of transmutation to the like bull that's like, please don't change me ever. Right. Is so intense. <laughs> yeah. And we've got Saturn up there squaring Uranus for the entire yeah. year. Yeah. That's the major. I mean, if you talk to any astrologers, that's the major signature that's of 2021. Thing. It's and less uh, of a mess than 2020 when we have Pluto in the mix. But, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be comfortable. That's for sure. Um, well, and again, it's, it's really speaking to the discomfort of the mind. Mm -hmm. right that square the saturn aquarius it's it's like for, and it's aquarius ruled by saturn mm -hmm. squaring uranus so it's like the uranus and the saturn of aquarius both chafing the squares are the chafe forcing you into new action mm -hmm. so it's like you have to discipline your mind in order to adapt to the new change wherever it is in your chart like again i'm thinking about in my chart my the saturn aquarius is first house so i've got to discipline my my body and my identity mm -hmm. um in my mind right in order for my perception because uranus and taurus is in my third house of perception in order for my perception to go through a major shift which it already has, it's gone from like, I can't multitask, to I can totally multitask. <laughs> but yeah. I was able to do that when Uranus gave me that crisis not too long ago, which it does. Mm -hmm. um, I, in my mind, stopped telling the story of, I can't do this. I can't juggle mm -hmm. all of this, right? First house, Saturn, Aquarius, look at your limiting narrative in the first house on the self. And I could see it. I was saying, I can't do this. I can't multitask It's too much. I was like, get rid of that. Yes, you can. You can, I can do this. I can multitask. I am adaptable. I can change and bam. And then I did that's right. that square. And then all of a sudden there I was multitasking and the change, the innovation occurred. So yeah, you want to look in your chart and see where you need to make a narrative change, a mental narrative change where Saturn Aquarius is in order to go through the innovation of your being, of your body, of your place in life where that Uranus Taurus is. Yeah, exactly. Like for me, it's my 11th house is Aquarius. And so Saturn being there, I'm having to discipline how I network, how I engage with groups, um, you know, maybe letting go of some limiting beliefs about how groups operate and how people do things, the mores that people have, you know, what is acceptable. And, I, you know, I'm having this, I'm having to work out a digital marketing strategy, uh, you know, for someone who's been predominantly anti-capitalist for a long time. It's really chafing. That right there is a perfect example of 11th house. Mm -hmm. You have to change your narrative that is just 100% anti-capitalist. You know, it's like you have to yeah. change, that's 11th house because 11th house would be where those beliefs and goals and aspirations are. And you have to actually change that belief. Right. In because, order to innovate yeah. your, 
second house where you're second house. Yeah. Money. money. <laughs> Cause I need money. <laughs> yeah. You need resources. And so yeah. you have to change your narrative around capitalism and Aquarius says you can change these rigid beliefs without throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Right. You, know, There's you don't an... have to become a greedy person to, to work within capitalism. It, Aquarius is trying to say none of these things are rigid they're all flexible. It's how mm -hmm. we use them. Like the force, you know, you can use it for good and bad. You can use money for good or bad. You can use capitalism for good or bad. You can, any ism, any resource. It's not the ism or the resource. It's the human heart. Yeah. That makes it bad or good. Yeah. It's that property of air that it can, it, it's an essence. Uh, you you know it evades our normal perception and, and it, but you can you can move from you know the water in the stream to the water in the cup to the water in the body and you know it's still water even though it changes a lot of how it operates uh, and yeah, what it I looks like I love how you say that the water from the stream which is like the oneness to the mm -hmm. water in the cup which is like the heart to the water and the body is how you're nourishing yourself with the it's like the water is love right and mm -hmm. love is not froofy right love is the bind the binding the the atoms <laughs> like love <laughs> is like the consciousness love is consciousness they're they're synonymous love right. and consciousness are synonymous that's the water mm-hmm yeah, because you get, you know, in the natural world, too, you get water in the stream or the water we know, we think of as water, the fluid. Uh, it get You get it hot, it evaporates, it turns into uh, vapor, which is a very uh, different sensible thing, but it's the same thing because then it can uh, it can then condense and get harder and become more solid. And then it becomes the raindrops and it becomes the water again. Like there's a whole cycle and process that's happening. Um, and that's what we need to like open ourselves up to is this, that things have to and need to change. Uh, and that change have is- have to and need to change. That's where and dynamic just, life comes from. I, mean, I want to- uh, link that with the other sentence too. Things have to change. The water from the river goes to the water. The cup goes to the water. The body, the water that's in the lake evaporates into the sky, fills the clouds, rains back down. Everything has to keep adapting and changing. It's all a process. It's all a verb. And consciousness is what is always changing. And it right now it's taking the form of me and you here, mm -hmm. you know, like, but behind all of it, behind all of our forms is consciousness. It's all the water. Water mm -hmm. is everything. Right. And Aquarius is, yeah, so cool. Like I'm, I'm just feeling the beauty of like how Aquarius is the, the process of the water becoming one thing after the next, after the next, and how the beauty of Uranus is the the suppleness around that the allowing of that and that it's only our rigid egos because i mean humans are like we yeah we know how to dig in and just you know we're we're built to be like that and and then uranus will come in and create more of the crises and the to to like wake up wake up humans mm -hmm. 
wake up out of your slumber. You have to open and change. Right. We like to want to be in control of everything. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when we yeah. try to do that, then we run into this problem of that we're in the middle of all of it. So how can we control it? And that's the Uranus energy is to shake up our uh, perspective so that yeah. we remember that we're in the middle of it. And right. there is like, we need to, you know, be trans, uh, you know, transferring one thing to another. We, we have to hold up our end of things. I mean, if we think of, you know, cells in the body, when they don't do that, we wind up with cancer. Uh, right. So yeah. swampy bodies create cancer. Yeah, you know, so we have to be the cells to the next property up. You know, we have yeah. we have to be kind of flowing and letting property. life and consciousness move through us too. We're not the end of consciousness, and I think that's an important thing to uh, to keep in mind. That discipline of the mind, like we were yeah. talking about with Saturn, it's, it's is Saturn. that I'm not the be all end all of everything. Totally. I'm important. I'm in an important part. I'm not just a cog in the machine. It's all important parts. And yeah, you're metaing out, which is like really seeing that we are human beings are part of the larger process of the earth, part of the larger process of the galaxy, part of the larger process of the universe, part of the larger process of the multiverse, like, and every single component, every single part is absolutely necessary, valuable, beautiful, important with its own story. I mean, the humans are like the poets, like we have to turn things into meaning. That's what we do. We are the meaning right. makers, you know? And so when the ego gets all calcified in the swamp mm -hmm. of control because of the systemic abuse that has shut off this natural water supply, <laughs> yeah. essentially, then we all become a bunch of a-holes and victims. Like this is what will happen when mm -hmm. systemic abuse calcifies the ego and turns and we become rigid because our nervous systems are not part of the larger process. It's like we're, we, we're cauterized from the symbiosis of the process in our minds. Right. And in our yeah, minds, not for real, but in our minds. Yeah. And that seems to me, you know, the metaphor of where that Christian concept of hell, like, uh, resonates, that mm -hmm. it's, you know, being cut off from the consciousness or the, the God or whatever you want to think, however you want to think about it. It's the, yeah, but, the mind that is yeah, cut off. It's not some other place that we're going to go to if we are bad people, but it's that when you cut yourself off from the flow of life, that it, these things get harsh and you know that you get those metaphors of weeping and gnashing of teeth with inside you know all the yeah. groping for needing and and very important point that when you cut yourself off it's always in the mind yeah. we're not really cut off we're totally symbiotic part of it all it's the mind that cuts it off it's the mind the mind is so freaking powerful yeah it's so powerful and, that's why that, some of the harshest cards in the tarot tend to be the swords, which are mental cards. Yeah, because like that's the mental what creates process. the suffering. That's what makes us tell ourselves we are what we are not. And that's, mm -hmm. I think, I'm just thinking when you're mentioning Christian hell, I'm thinking of Sartre, Sartre saying <laughs> hell is other people. Yeah, and exactly. His, and his play, No Exit. And it's like the same thing. It's like, the, you know, it's this, like hell is a mindset. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's the mindset of either sin and self-hatred and abuse, or it's, or it's the mindset of like the calcified ego that can only see its own way. And so when it's in a room with other people, it's like the worst feeling ever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, so beautiful too, how many, how, when you look at plays and religious stories and myths, how you can see what we've done, what we're capable of in our minds in the shadow, mm-hmm. how that gets expressed as hell I, or Dante and thinking of Dante's how many layers, like nine layers of hell, seven layers of hell. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm working through a whole poem cycle right now that that plays on the divine comedy, uh, plays cool. with it and thinking through the contemporary moment as being like uh, the, a similar moment to what Dante was going through with, uh, you know, the I mean, he was also kind of coming into uh, writing this in the middle of, you know, a heavy emphasis on air as well and the crumbling institutions and things like that. That's really cool. And that's just like bringing me back to the retrograde Mercury uh, Aquarius retrograde again of like uh, reflecting on how your calcified ego pretty much cauterizes you from the flow of life, of your own ability to adapt and change, of your own ability to hold what you feel to be true, but still connect with others when they are at a different spot in life or feel or believe different, even threatening people Mm -hmm. you know like it's again in the mind like because our mind this is a weird thought but it's come i guess it's uranus giving me this thought that (laughs) because our minds are all our own truly like we're in the as humans we're in this Mm -hmm. kaleidoscope where everyone's mind is their own nobody can take your mind they can take your body they can take your physical life, but they they can't take your mind, you know, because there's always that, like, you can't take my soul. You can't take that either. Um, mm-hmm. But you also can't take the mind. Right. Everyone's mind is always free. Or the possibility. You, you, it should be free. It, yeah, it is free. But when it's not free, it's because you're being diluted or brainwashed in some way. Or yeah, or you're that eight of swords, the woman with the blindfold who's surrounded by swords and thinks she's you're trapped. Torn, which is what ha- this is what the retrograde's great for because when in the eight of swords, when you're blindfolded and you feel trapped, it's because you're like, is that belief true? What they believe is how I was raised true, mm-hmm. or is this small voice inside of me true? Why well, can't actually believe the small voice inside of me is true because out here isn't validating it and it's really scary to just go with my own internal sense and yet that's what Aquarius is inviting us to do it's inviting us to listen in on the thoughts that are we're catching in our brains Mm -hmm. that are coming from the channel that we naturally connect with those beings, those higher beings, our own soul, like the way that we connect to the larger whole individually. And when we listen to that individual channel, that's what Aquarius wants us to do, but that's what's so hard because 
we want to be validated by other people. And it's almost like two, I mean, there's, again, there's a whole psychological underpinning explanation for this. I don't want to reduce with right. one statement, but still want to say the one statement of like, there's this addiction we have to needing validation from other people. Mm-hmm. Like that's part of the ego that is, it's the way the ego operates, the pack mentality where we need this validation from those around us. And yet Aquarius is telling us to do things in reverse. It's telling us to find our own validation with the larger transpersonal channels or higher self we connect with and then offer that, offer that to others. And that's the collective part to Aquarius is like what we offer to others, not what the validation we, we're, we're trying to get from others. Like, what can we right. offer? Yeah, I mean, I know one of the arguments that I used to have with my therapist a lot was uh, uh, about, you know, how, how can I love myself if other people won't love me? Um, and then it's the realizing that oh, well, I have to, how can other people love the self if I don't love the self? And so then you have to like, uh, you have to come up with a way to uh, honor that inner child, the the inner uh, voice. uh, And then you can bring that to other people. And uh, it isn't a, you know, seeking validation or needing other people to do the loving before you can do it. You learn to do it yourself and then other people can choose to love uh, you or not. And it's a much more rewarding process than seeking yeah. uh, seeking it from other people that may or may not do that it's, because maybe they're going through their same we, issue. We, we come from that because of pack mentality, because of like the, the animal part of us and yet Aquarius asks, Aquarius is evolution, innovate, evolve. Okay, you come from that from caveman days, Neanderthal days, but innovate it. You do have the strength, you do, you are capable, you can adapt, you can pull away from, I always think of it of like suckling off the teat. That's always my go-to with everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> I need my mommy's milk. I need my validation from others. I need my beer. I need my sugar. I need my chocolate. You know, we're always trying to get that hit of mommy's love that we never got growing up. And -hmm. there's this dependency on the external hits from people and chocolate and alcohol and drugs and shopping and weight loss and beauty products and on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And Aquarius is like, get off the teat. Mm Mm-hmm. 5% 5% more, just 5% <laughs> more. Sometimes it's more and, and that you can start to look, go within and listen to your true voice, your inner child, your mm-hmm. angels, ancestors and allies and start to cultivate more of a dependence, a symbiotic interdependence with the inner world, the inner self and the inner beings and that, yeah, if we do that, we can offer that. So there's our bell, right. bell and we're going to use attorney and discipline and stop right at the door. <laughs> That's right. Mental discipline. We don't want to overwhelm anybody. I mean, I feel like an hour is long enough to yeah. captivate people to listen to words yes. uh, without like, uh, you know, physical space to take it in. Yeah. So, so now uh, that we've blabbed your ears off with our spew, <laughs> just a reminder that if you want your astrology read, 
uh, reach out to Matt mm -hmm. at intransitastrology.com. He has packages too, which are really cool. Yeah, because you get to work for more than one session because often a session uh you you come up with so much stuff and you have tons of questions so that's, the that's packages uh, are able i'm trying to make it as affordable as possible for people to get breaks in between so that you can reflect uh just like we were talking about with the retrogrades reflect and then you know come uh back and have uh get your questions clarified or your and uh you know your approach clarified and uh really work through things a little bit better so. A little bit deeper and a little bit more meaningful with the packages. Right. Um, and if you are interested in astrological, tarot, spiritual, transpersonal depth therapy work to yeah, work check out through, Michelle. To, and this is to work through anything that might be wrong, but also if you support in your, um, in the evolution of your true self, I like to consider myself a true self doula and a doula for death as well but um anyway i'm i'm i i don't want to start talking for another 10 minutes but you can reach out <laughs> right. to me or matt and we'll see you at the next priestess mercury's Mercury. hour yeah, yeah.